This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. For those of you... Who are listening in Radio Land? You missed uh, an entire episode of the show last night. We couldn't bribe the board operators to come in and work, so we came in and did our own show, but internet only. So if you missed that program, it was uh, like a two-hour-long post-mortem, I guess would be the the terminology. Uh, sort of a, a reflection on what had happened to the Libertarian Party and the sort of final nail in their coffin that occurred over the weekend. We discussed that quite a bit last night. So if you missed it, you might want to go to freetalklive.com and download that particular episode. All right, so our number here, 800-259-9231, back to the regular radio format as we jump right back into your phone calls. Uh, we start things out with Stephen in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Stephen. Hi, Ian. Hey, hey, uh, you have a great show. And, you know, the the subject matter yesterday or that I picked up on the latest podcast I downloaded with uh, uh, Danny, uh, uh, the video game programmer, and uh, Jack Thompson, the guy who wanted to regulate video games. Yes, uh, that was Saturday night's show. Yes, sir. Oh, that was Saturday night's show. Okay, I'm a podcast listener, so I uh, I wasn't listening to it live. But something occurred to me about Mr. Thompson's solution to this video game problem. He wants to regulate at the retail level to keep video games out of the hands of kids. So he and says. I heard callers call in and say, well, I've been playing these video games, Grand Theft Auto and Manhunt, and I don't have any problems. And he said, well, you're statistically not meaningful because you may be okay, but we're worried about those at-risk kids, right? Yeah, right. and I thought that, that was the strangest and, argument. And here's the problem. See, I grew up, well, I'm 39 years old, and I was one of those guys that was at risk, and I was angry, I was violent, I was uh, a delinquent, I did a lot of bad things when I was younger. And there's one thing that Jack doesn't understand about kids like that, is that laws don't matter. That's true, that's what I told Jack, I said they're going to get them from their older brother, they're going to get them online, it's not going to stop kids from getting violent games. Right, I mean, a, a video game, I mean, there were laws against LSD, heroin, guns, um, you know, underage sex, all the things that uh, all sure. these, these big government people want to ban, they try to, they try to ban these things and regulate it, and what they don't understand is the very kids they're after don't care about any of those laws, and they'll do it anyway. You know, exactly. I've, I've, you know, I've watched the whole thing happen over the years, and, and uh, you know, back in the day it was Dungeons and Dragons, and it was comic books, and yep. it was heavy metal music, and, you know, there's always a bad guy. There's always somebody out there that... Um, that they want to point the finger at and say, that's the problem. Right. We can't just have kids take responsibility for their own actions. We can't have that. No. You know, I I was, um, over Memorial Day, I was uh, sitting out on my deck talking to my father-in-law, and he was recently in England, and uh, we were talking about underage drinking. And he said, well, in England, it's not illegal to serve a beer to a guy that's 17. Because the bartender will say, hey, I can serve you this beer, but you better watch out because the cops come in here all the time, and you'll go to jail if you drink that beer and get caught. But the bartender doesn't get in trouble. So the responsibility is put on the lawbreaker, not on the facilitator. Well, that makes sense, but I thought that – I actually I thought in England that uh, it was uh, legal for 17-year-olds to drink in bars. It wasn't, wasn't legal for 16-year-olds, but, you know, it might, well, they might okay, have changed the rules. Well, okay, maybe it was 15 then. I don't know. They, they might have. In Ireland, from what I understand – 
you can drink at any age in bars. Nice. As long as they'll serve you. Right. Right. Well, thanks, guys. Keep up the good hey, work. Hey, Stephen, glad you enjoyed the interview, and thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate right. it. Right. Jack Thompson said that, uh, you know, he said that it was a, wasn't a, st- that, you know, we'd tell people that called in and said it, it's not, uh, you know. You're not statistically significant. Right. It didn't bother me, and that's what he'd say to him. But the fact is, it's the um, it, it's the people that would react negatively to violent video games that aren't statistically significant. Because you don't hear that many stories of people going in and spraying up police stations or, you know, the, all the all the violent things that he would suggest. The It's a military killer training program or something like that. Those are the people that aren't st- statistically significant because, well, the vast majority, 99 point something. That's a good point. Um, people that play these games do not go out and shoot someone. Yeah, it just seemed like it was Jack's kind of go-to response to blow somebody off that he didn't really want to talk to or, or, make any sense, or yeah. disagree with. You, that way you could just sort of just wipe them off the table by saying, well, you're statistically insignificant. And so I what do you say great, to that? I thought uh, he did a great interview and uh, then, you know, you're, that thing was other other than that. I and mean, it's just weird. But his yeah. his position is not an easy one to defend. What, know, Jack's position? Jack's position. No. The anti-freedom position, you well, mean? And uh, the uh, inevitability of... You know, he, he's, he's, he's the boy with his finger in the dike, right? It's just not going to happen. Right. You're not going to stop violent video games, Jack, any more than, you know, I'm Is sure he that- working for Take-Two? Like, maybe he's secretly working for them and that, uh, I don't know, he did actually sue them, didn't he? So he's probably not. But it seems like they're getting a whole lot more publicity because of Jack Thompson than anything else. I mean, would, would Gra- I know Grand Theft Auto would have been big without Jack Thompson, but certainly the controversy hasn't hurt their sales. No, I wouldn't think so. So I wonder if he's, you know, on the payroll. I doubt it. Well, I think that what Jack Thompson is up to is just to make a name for himself. I think that's what he's, you know, that's what he's out for. He wants people to know who Jack Thompson is. So so that he can can run for an office later? Run for office or maybe get some extra clients or something like that. Maybe maybe he's trying to pander to the parents' television council. Um, I I can totally see how one could run for office as a Republican uh, pro-family guy by doing this, but I can't. Really, and that's what makes sense to me. But other than that, I I don't know. And and certainly he has the uh, you know one of the main indicators of wanting to be a politician. He's a lawyer, and you know he's he's got that kind of good looking. Uh, you know, he's he's in his fifties. He's got good looking yeah. hair. You know, he's. I think that likely he could want to be a politician. You're attracted to him, aren't you? Well, not kind really. of a funny little way. You know. Let's continue with nice the phone. Nice tan he's got. Let's talk to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, lads. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind tonight? I wanted to give you an, uppete- uh, <laughs> an update on the uh, puppeteer endeavor, the outlaw puppeteering that we've been doing. Ah, uh, yes. I saw your video today at RidleyReport.com, and I saw some of the other ones as well that covered the event. It was your third time breaking the anti-puppeting law, the anti-puppet show law here in New Hampshire that says you cannot make money from a public pub, uh, puppet show. And that's what you've been doing. It was your third time breaking that. You added to that a couple other uh, laws that you broke, including the minimum wage law, which I thought was pretty cool because that's a big deal. Like, for some people, the minimum wage is a big issue. It's not like an obscure old law like the puppet show one. This is one that's still out there today. In fact, was just created recently, the uh, state of New Hampshire up. I, I think they yes. raised their minimum wage from the federal level to like six dollars and fifty cents. So you actually brought some guy out and you paid him six bucks an hour to collect money for you. And how'd that all go, Dave? What happened? We're great. Uh, you know, uh, we were of course trying to trigger an arrest as we always are. Um, 
But uh, as always, they've just ignored us. Uh, this time, for the first time, police sort of acknowledged our existence. <laughs> by, hmm. by uh, uh, I guess one of them ran into me while I was out petitioning, and he's like, hey, you, uh, what are you going to be doing on Sunday? <laughs> so, really? That was because he was, he was asking her, he was like, where are you going to be on Sunday? He kind of knew, I think, what was coming up. He had seen some, some uh, pre-publicity on the event. Well, that's so good that, news that was, for that's good news for both of you. That means your advertising for whatever it is is working and uh B, uh it means that he's still paying, leaving you alone. He's paying attention and 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 C, they're, you know, they're they're not enforcing the laws that uh just just like we say, they're arbitrary. But you want to yeah. get arrested, right, Dave? Well, eventually, sure, and I I guess it would have been nice to get arrested this time. Ideally, I would have gotten arrested the first time. But, uh, you know, it'll happen at some point. some point they'll decide, I can't have this man breaking 16 laws. Because each time <laughs> we do another event, we break a new law and right. break some old ones. So, we, you know, like the first event, one law. The second event, we broke two laws. The third event, we broke three laws. And at the second and third events, we have been breaking laws that are currently enforced. Like, like the minimum wage thing. What you now, um, one of the things that um, may happen is that a police officer, you know, may decide, you know what? I agree with uh, Dave here, and what I want to see happen, clearly he wants to get arrested. What I want to see happen is I want to see, you know, I, I want a judge to knock this down because this is ludicrous. And maybe maybe he'll, uh, hmm. you know, do it just to see what happens. Dave, I want to bring you back here. If you'll hang on, continue this discussion because I want to find out what your plan is next. Uh, you're mixing them up. You're breaking silly laws, and you're breaking the laws that some people take very seriously. I still think minimum wage is asinine, but... People take these things seriously, so I'm wondering what step, what's the next one, what's the fourth law he's going to uh, to break, and when's that going to happen? More coming up with Dave and your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those, including the archives and entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI does collections. They do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. If you have uh, accounts receivable issues... Call SACL CAI. Their banners at freetalklive.com. And while supplies last, the um, the Porkfest beer mug. You can uh, drink responsibly with Jason Osborne. He is uh, the owner of SACL CAI, CAI at uh, Porkfest. It'll be uh, featuring select microbrews from New Hampshire, margaritas, guest celebrity bartenders, prize drawings, and more, all at the fun tent at Porkfest for SACL CAI. Our number here, 800-259-9231. We'll tell you more about Porkfest here in a little bit. In the meantime, we go back to Dave in New Hampshire. He is the man behind Ridley Report, Dave Ridley, RidleyReport.com. You are uh, one of the early movers as part of the Free State Project and one of the most, I would say, active uh, movers of the Free State Project. One of the most noticeable, certainly one of the more public figures. Uh, RidleyReport.com is your basically it's your own YouTube channel, though I understand that you've now actually launched a website there, which is cool. And uh, Dave, do we still have you there? Uh, you do. All right, fantastic. You're calling in to tell us about some, not only are you a, uh internet 
YouTube television personality, but you're also a civil disobedience activist. And recently you've been engaging in several different instances of civil disobedience. A couple of them you did in Concord in front of the State House. You then moved this past weekend to Manchester where you continue to perform civil disobedience, where each time you do it, you break one extra law. So this time you broke three laws. The next time you do it, you're going to break four. And uh, this time you brought in a pretty a pretty recent law that people take seriously, the minimum wage law. Did you get any fallout from that? Were people, uh, you know, the, the passers-by, were they upset that you were paying that man less than minimum wage? No, um, I didn't get that impression. There were I got I got one or two new trolls on RidleyReport.com, but they weren't angry trolls. They they were just people who were sort of questioning what I was doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that was great. I think some of them were from New Hampshire, um, and the um, you know the, the the feedback I got was you know just you know it was sort of starting to get a little bit more mixed in the in, in the previous things I've been doing. You know, obviously no one supports the puppet law. You do have people who support the minimum wage law, so it gets them talking, and it gets them realizing, I hope, that they're using force to impose their favorite minimum wage. Yes, you know, and the people that would uh, would support the minimum wage, most a lot of them would uh, would be against the idea of using force um, in that in that way. Yeah, in their personal lives, sure, they would they would they would find that abhorrent. So. Congratulations to you on continuing to do this, Dave. It's quite a project, and you've said you're going to keep breaking these laws until you reach $1,000 in illicit profits. Uh, and so far, the cops have pretty much left you alone. What's your next step, and when are you going to take it? Uh, what I would like to do, ideally, I've heard there was a state law that says you cannot uh, put uh, parking meter money in someone else's parking meter. Yes, I believe that's so. Uh, and I'm hoping that is, in fact, the case, because I would love to break that one. I'd love to have a squadron of people going up and down the streets of Manchester and maybe Concord, uh, just, you know, playing Good Samaritan and helping people out with, with, when their parking meters expire. Hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know for sure that that's against the law. If it's not, we'll have to fall back on some alternates. One of my alternates is your idea, the idea of hiring someone who's underage uh, to, to, to hold the, um, the collections cup at the puppet show. Yeah, I, I, I suggested that just because, I mean, I, I thought it would be a, a more interesting from a PR standpoint as opposed to what you did. You had, you'd hired a homeless man. And just, you know, people like kids a little bit more. And, uh, that, you know, it's just cuter to have a kid around. And then you're also breaking an additional law at the same time. Uh, especially, and it would be especially good if the youngster was well-versed on exactly what was going on. You know, bringing somebody who's 10 years old or older to where they could understand and explain to any news media that might come up what exactly was going on and why it was that you weren't taking advantage of them for instance yeah other options include and there's plenty of them i'm sorry to say uh there, there's uh you know we could clean litter from the white mountains that's apparently against the state law hmm. uh, what kind of dumb law is that i don't know but it's like cleaning litter without a permit in the state it's like maintaining a park without a permit or something wow like that. <laughs> um so that would be one we could do and again i think it's a state law we're trying to focus on state laws not not city ordinances or federal laws, mm-hmm. but state laws, because the idea is we want to draw attention to the fact we want the state to really start appealing, uh, to start start repealing laws. So, do you think they actually will as a result of all this? Have you seen think, any indication? I think, I think something kind of like that will probably happen. At least it'll be tried. I know that I already know people in the political side, you know, in the state house. They're like, "So, Dave, yeah, when are we going to do this? We're going to do this bill. Let's do this bill. Let's make a bill. Let's, uh, let's okay. What do you want to What do you want to see repealed?" 
So they're just already talking about it themselves, people that never mess with civil You know what I think would be better? Actually making a list of the laws that shouldn't be repealed. That should be, that should yeah. be what someone should spend some time on. Like, don't murder, don't rape, don't burn things that aren't yours. Don't steal things from people. Yeah, so, don't, do no harm. Let's just have one law, do no harm. That well, would be that's, that. it's, it's far too vague know, uh, for people because, well, you know, when you moved in with your big ugly car next door to me, you lowered my property value. That's harming yeah, good me. good point, good point. Well, Dave, when is this next one going to happen? Do you have any ideas to uh, the timetable? Probably not until September. Why? Why the? Uh, de- why the delay? You'd uh, done three in a month's time. Why hold out so long? I wanted to stay a little bit fresh and uh, in people's minds, and I'm uh, also probably going to be gone some between here and there. So I see. Between here in September, so I don't want to schedule at a time when I might be gone. Understood. Well, very good. And uh, you're certainly always welcome to call here and let us know what happens when uh, that comes up again. And again, congratulations and keep up the good work over there at RedleyReport.com, Dave. All right. Thanks, thanks for guys. the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It's activism like that that really sets New Hampshire apart from everywhere else in the world. That stuff is not going on anywhere else, to my knowledge. If it is, I'd love to hear about it. If there's civil disobedience going on where you live, please tell me about it. I mean, we, we did talk about the gentleman in Illinois who owned a boat shop who brought people in to smoke some cigarettes and cigars after Illinois banned smoking in all indoor businesses. So when we hear news of something going on, certainly we talk about it, but I haven't heard anything. Have you? I I have nothing I can think of off the top of my head. And yeah. that's really the difference. That's what's that's what the Free State Project's about. These people moved well, up. It's here. not about civil disobedience. It's not. It's, it's about but activism. It's yeah, it's it's about making things happen and things are happening in this state. This is going to be, if not a you know, an entirely libertarian state, if it doesn't uh, secede from the union, I don't know what what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna tell you that it's going to affect the passing of laws here. There's going to be fewer laws, onerous laws passed in this state. As time goes by, we're already slowing the flow, and uh, maybe we can, you know, Dave's already trying to turn some back. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Of course, we keep you up to date here with what's going on now. Nick, as a New Hampshire native, how does all this make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel good. I mean, prior to the Free State Project, no one was doing this kind of activism, whether it was civil disobedience or on the political side, I suppose there were some people. There was a libertarian party here, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I'm sure there were some interest groups trying to keep government smaller. But what Free Stairs have done with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, it's it really has made a difference. On the seatbelt law, New Hampshire would probably have a seatbelt law at this point if it hadn't been for the efforts of Free Staters. If you had subtracted them from the mix. I really think we would have a seatbelt law right now. Already making a difference with only a couple hundred movers at this point. We're expecting to have a few more hundred by the end of this year, and hopefully you'll be coming up too. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the Free State Project. We think it's pretty exciting. That's why we moved here. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. They include the archives. 
and the Shrine of Female Listeners and the Bulletin Board System. All those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours are free. And I'm talking about the big boys, you know, not not Nick. He's a uh, talk show host as well. He's a member of Free Minds TV, which is on hiatus at the moment, unfortunately. But Free Minds Radio is still going strong, as I understand it. That's correct. We're doing a podcast every week. Uh, and we actually we stream live so far on your stream, free, uh, freetalklive.com. That's correct. Um, from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. On Sundays. Time. Yeah, on Sunday afternoon. So. so you can catch uh, Free Minds Radio live on our stream, which is linked to from freemindstv.com. And uh, you can download the podcast as well. So for those of you that are always clamoring for more pro-liberty content, you should be subscribed to Free Minds Radio as well. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about anything. Let's go to Dale in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Dale. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I wanted to talk about the video game controversy because one thing that was driving me nuts was the way the lawyer kept talking about statistics and how you have this association between people who played video games or, or so many people who were violent and they played violent video games. But he didn't establish causation, meaning that you have these two things that tend to happen together, but it doesn't show that one of them caused the other. And, in fact, it doesn't even seem intuitively likely that that's the case. If you have a kid who's troubled for whatever reason because he has bad parenting and or, or he's out being picked on at school and he's got violent tendencies, he's going to be attracted to violent video games. But that doesn't mean the video games cause him to be violent. Yeah, you're right. absolutely right. Well, I, I think that uh, I, I agree with you completely, Dale. However, dot dot dot, I think that uh, most people don't really think about things in that logical manner. What they're um, right. what what they're thinking about is, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense, or no, that doesn't make sense, and you know, you've got to make your argument from that standpoint. Whether you know, you've got to try to change their mind on whether it makes ten- sense to them. You do, you do, but it's important that I mean, but I think uh, you know that that needs to be said because I don't think people. It's a, you know, it's a similar argument that's made when they, when they talk about people, uh, about marijuana being things or heroin or whatever, and they track them back, and almost all of them have used marijuana, perhaps. But, the, but they don't, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, but they don't, for instance, go and talk to a whole bunch of marijuana users and find people who have been using marijuana for years and years and years and haven't moved on to hard drugs. So, you know, you're, it's, it's you know, which is, that's a little bit different. That's going completely backwards, Right. Right. Starting from, but yeah, I'm with you on this. Uh, I think you're you're absolutely right. But I think you can explain this to people if you take you know if you take the time to explain it to the mark. I think it's something they can they can certainly grasp. Yeah, but um, you know the fact is the simple uh, the simple fact is that just because you haven't shown um, that there's you know uh, the, you know you've shown correlation as opposed to causation doesn't mean that there isn't in fact. Causation. Just because there's only cor- mm-hmm. correlation, it's difficult. But you to... can't prove a negative. Well, right. Well, you can't prove. Well, well, you really can't prove one way or the other. And he tried. Gonna... He did try to cite some facts. He, you know, cited some studies and things like that. And that's all you could do in that circumstance. Well, sure. But I mean, if you're going to talk about statistics, you know, someone mentioned earlier, how many? What about the statistics of all the people who play violent video games and aren't violent? I mean, that should be extremely relevant if you're talking about causation. Right. That's what, and Mark, you were saying you know, earlier, right? Like, the, the supermajority of game players 
99.9% of them are sure. nonviolent and they understand and they get it. That's a, that's a significant I, I statistic. I do think that video games probably make, um, in the same way that kung fu movies, probably make people more violent in, you know, in, in a short-term way. Um, but I don't think that that you know that, that when you're talking about point zero 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 one percent of the population that you're that you should be outlawing these things. Absolutely. When the, that you know when that level of um, violence gets really high, and I don't think that video games cause those people in that point zero 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 one um, segment. I don't think that the video games are what cause it. I think those people are screwed up anyway, and they were liable to do something anyway, and so therefore, you know, just because they did they did something violent and they played video games does not mean that that's what it did. Do I think that uh, after you know playing some kind of uh what's the one mortal mortal combat that kid that young boys might get together and do some kung fu moves on each other sure i do but young boys are liable to do kung fu moves on each other anyway we didn't have video games like that when i was a kid and we'd pick up sticks and sword yep. fight everybody got their knuckles barked real good dale any other thoughts Oh, that's it. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, even if it even if it's true that some people are negatively affected by by playing these violent video games, it's exactly what you said. It's not an excuse to ban them because even if you ban them, that's not going to accomplish what you're looking for. You can pass all the laws you want to against gaming. You can pass all kinds of restrictions and regulations and bans. You could ban them outright, and then it would just go underground like drugs, and you'd have the most violent games coming out online. Because if the legitimate distribution channels were no longer available for uh, for selling video games, then only the underground would be. And I don't know if there would be black market video game dealers, but there would certainly be websites where you could download them. You could certainly get them from BitTorrent, for instance, and then the the underground programmers at that point would have no real market incentives to tone down the violence in their games or to take it easy. They could just program whatever sort of crazy, you know, sadistic, corpse-raping, sexual, you know, sexual dog corpse-raping game you wanted to, and nobody would be able to trace who it was. It could be released on the Internet anonymously, right. and kids could be downloading it without point, parents' knowledge at all. The point you're making, they could do that right now. The they point could. you're making you're right. is, is that um, you, what you want... What a parent would want is that their child goes to Walmart or uh, Target or uh, GameStop or wherever and buys their video games there. That that's their resource for getting video games because if they're going on the Internet to get their video games, they're liable to get anything. Who knows what could be included? I mean, if you're getting it from uh, a major distribution um, point like a GameStop or Walmart or something, then they have been – those are games that are only – approved by the video game company. Sony and Nintendo and uh, Microsoft, they have seals of approval that if you, Mark, want to make a game and get it out to the marketplace via these channels, you'd have to get their seal of approval in order to do so. Now, that probably means you just have to pay them a bunch of money, but they do have some uh, content restrictions as well. For instance, you're not going to get the Sony seal of approval if your game is sexually explicit in that there's 
pornographic sex going on. They're right. not and that's, going to give that to you. That's the thing. Is if, parents, um, if parents are siding with Jack Thompson out there, um, they want to see some video games banned, that kind of thing, then w- what you're going to do from an economic standpoint, economics, the study of life, that's the science of life, is what you're going to drive a portion, a segment of the population uh, is going to go and to the Internet to get its video games. A larger segment is going to go to the Internet to get its video games. On the Internet, they're never, you're, never, you're not even going to know necessarily what you're getting. Nope. Sure, some of them will download uh, you know, one of these video games that we're talking about here, but some of them, they'll also be downloading things that, you know, just horrible, disgusting stuff that could have... Be anything. Yeah. Could be racist Mur- themes, could be... All uh, kinds of terrible murder, um, all kinds of raping, all kinds of, uh, you know, bigoted stuff. All, you wouldn't know. There'd be a title. Stuff that would never... Line. That's the only description you'd get. It would never make it in the marketplace. It would never make it on the shelves. But it would on the internet because there's no distri- there's virtually no distribution costs. Putting a file online costs next to nothing. But getting it through the the actual distribution channels and getting it to Walmart, well, you've got to have some money behind you in order to to make that happen. You've you've got to have a decent product to put out. There's no quality control on the internet. Now, I'm not saying that all internet games are bad. Certainly not. I'm just what we're saying is that if that's the direction it goes and they ban violent games from from store shelves, it's just going to go online. And then what are you going to do? You're going to have a war on games where some crack team of cops is researching where the games are available and trying to find the server sites to go in and bust them like they've tried to do with the Pirate Bay over and over again and have failed over and over again. You can't win this war on violent video games, so deal with it. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should go shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you're buying, whether it be books or DVDs or groceries. I've got a grocery store there now. Anything goes. Uh, 41 categories to shop in. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. And a cut goes to Free Talk Live. If you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, continuing with your calls about whatever you want. It's Ziggy on the amp line across the pond in the U.K. Hello, Ziggy. Hi, guys. What's on your mind today? I just want to correct the um, first caller. The drinking age in this country is 18, and anyone who gets served in a bar, if the police are running a sting, that bar can be actually closed down. Okay. Um, now, I remember seeing, I, it, it seems like it was Young Ones, uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but uh, it's that you know it's an old television show, British comedy. Um, yeah, you know, very funny. Yeah. It, it was rather funny, but I remember there was a segment in there, uh, you know, that, you know, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go to the yeah, streets and ask young people what they're you. thinking about. And uh, so, you know, they yeah, just did yeah, interview yeah. after yeah. interview with a uh, young person. I'm 16 years old and I can't drink in pubs. You know, <laughs> so that yeah, was sort of I the issue. Anyone, if that's on YouTube, check it out. It's very, very funny. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk about cheese rolling. Um, <laughs> this is something cheese the Maddie statists haven't outlawed yet. It's um, dangerous, though, from what I understand. It's dangerous, right? In, um, wait, 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 wait. Before you go on, what is it? Okay, I, was, I was about to explain it. Sorry. Um, there's, a, there's a near vertical hill in Gloucestershire called Cooper's Hill, where every year, um, the last weekend of May, basically there's a competition where people 
chase after a piece of cheese <laughs> down this vertical hill. And this is a pretty large piece of cheese, happened. right? Like this is a like a, a a wheel of cheese or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But basically, they chase they chase this cheese down this near vertical hill. Now, of course, yesterday it was torrential rain here, but people were still doing it. Now, of course, it occurred to me that considering the nanny statists have managed to ban, get this, the custard pie throwing um, competition, the national one <laughs> in this country. Um, they might have an eye on banning this because people really do get hurt. You know, people, you know, at the bottom, the, the crumpled at the bottom of the hill have to go off with neck braces on or on spinal cords or whatever else. As far as I'm concerned, it is very nutty to do. Yeah. But a person at the top of the hill, I think, would realize that they could get injured if they run down it. Absolutely. Um, and this is why I love this country. There is another tradition up in Derbyshire where... Um, the original game of football was invented. Sorry, soccer. Um, <laughs> where, where basically the whole town comes out, and there's a football placed in the middle of the town, and basically it's like a scrum for this football, and they have to get the football to one end of the town, and whoever gets the, the, the opposing team gets the opposing end wins. And people have died doing this. Wow. Well, people have died uh, doing everything, but uh, yeah, I can see that it probably was. And what do they get? What's the prize? I don't know what the prize for that is. Um, for falling, falling yourself down a, a hill fir, uh, first, you get a, a piece of cheese. But the um, <laughs> one, um, Henry VIII actually did ban it um, because people were getting killed. Which um, one? The, the, I think, you the know, soccer people, game? I think, you know, pe people who take part in these things, uh, you know, you must... You have to be an effing retard not to realize you might get injured. And I think that, you know, if the nanny status had, it were here from the dawn of time, man would have never lit the first fire because fire is dangerous. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, oh, it's my true. goodness. It's hot. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. Oh, and one last thing. Yes, sir. Um, if Paula rings up, can you ask Who? her if oh, Bob Barr is a descendant of the House of David because he's sure not a libertarian? <laughs> I'll try to remember that, Zig. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, 800-259-9231. You've seen the videos of the guys doing the bull run in Spain? That's that kind of thing, right? This, the things yeah. you're talking about, just dumb crap that people do that you it, obviously know up front that there's a seriously high risk of something going drastically wrong. I think that there's there can't be any sport uh, anywhere that, you know, it seems more dangerous to me than that running with the bulls. The bull run? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the risk is what makes it interesting. If I mean, Exciting. it wouldn't be that funny if it, there wasn't some element of people getting Right, I don't know what the chances are, activity. but the chances uh, statistically are very good that you'll live and that you'll, uh, you know, live in one piece, but, you know, it's that one guy that gets caught on film getting, you know, getting thrown into the air, being gouged in the crotch by, uh, you know, a bull, uh, you know, tossed tossed into a car, yeah. all kinds of things. <laughs> it's just terrible looking But it's usually stuff. more than one guy, actually. Every year, there's usually a handful, at least a handful of people that get but seriously there are hundreds that run. They, yeah, they they're the ones who shouldn't be running. They, right. they okay. made a poor decision. <laughs> so let's say it, it. You know, the the prize is something really great. I I don't know, mm -hmm. a million dollars, ten million dollars, superpowers, something really awesome. Yeah. When you're Would looking you do at it? hundreds of people running, and you're looking at a handful of people getting seriously injured. Yeah. Would you do it? Sure, you would. But there's no prize for the bull run. No. Well, it's just, well, there's a, you get to say you did it. Right. You lived. You it, survived. It, it, you get the t-shirt. If you are going to, <laughs> to run with the bulls, run really far on the edge. 
far away from scary. the bulls. That's frightening to me. I would never involve myself in something. But yes, people should yes, be able you to would. Make... For the right amount of money or for superpowers or whatever, you would. <laughs> yeah. There's something out there that you Maybe. would take the risk for. But people should be able to take those risks, and they should be able to make those decisions for themselves, and I'm totally with Ziggy on this one. Yeah, and I have to admit, I've seen video footage of the the cheese chasing down the hill. It's pretty amusing, because people, not everybody's getting injured, but people are falling, and it... Well, he said it's, it's nearly vertical, this it's hill. It's very steep, yeah. And what's the, what's the point of the, the... What are you supposed to do with the cheese? Are you supposed to stop it from rolling? I believe you're just the first to the bottom. <laughs> the first to the bottom, you're chasing the cheese, and obviously the cheese is rolling much faster than anyone can run. And... Um, the first one to the bottom gets the wheel of cheese. Excellent. I mean, going down an incline at a running pitch is very difficult. There's a there's a mountain here, sure. Mount Monadnock. It's the most climbed mountain in America. And when you come down, you want to run because it's it's hard to go slow. Because it, it, but if you run and you run too fast, it'll be hard to stop yourself. And <laughs> if you don't stop yourself, you're gonna fall and you might hurt yourself on the rocks. And I, I mean, I can only imagine running down something that's even more steep than you, what you could the, hardly imagine. Basically, you're you're you know you're fighting gravity in the sense that your body wants to fall down right. the the uh, the very steep hill. But that'll hurt. And your legs simply can't carry you fast enough. What's right. the fastest you can possibly run? Fifteen miles an hour. What's terminal velocity on a uh, falling body? Fifteen? No way. Fifteen? I'm just I'm saying the fastest you could possibly run. Okay. I'm just coming Maybe. up with something here. Sprinting. And um, terminal velocity is about 120. So here's yeah. the so difference. There. Your body wants to fall at 120. Your feet can only carry you at 15. That's you have to make up the difference. The, the only difference would be uh, friction would keep your body from falling, and that friction is you going right. and the muscles in your legs. And your body right. keeps you. Yes, up. I understand what you're saying now. Yes. So, hey, if you want to be crazy and do dumb crap like that, by all means. God bless you. Yeah. Thank goodness there are people out there. Otherwise, we wouldn't the people, have you know, the videos to watch on the internet. That climb Everest. You know, what, yeah. do we need to do we need to have a permit for people to climb Everest now? Oh well, you're gonna have to go through months and well, months of testing and. That has actually been bandied about. That it's there's so many people now that are able to climb the mountain who aren't experienced enough that some people believe that they need to restrict who can climb Everest well, or ban climbing it's, Everest. It, that t- <laughs> it's a problem that t- solves itself. Plus, I mean, putting <laughs> restrictions on these things isn't going to do anything to really stop them. And People are going to go out and, and, and do... And by s- the way, what if I get to, you know, we, they require a permit on Everest. Everest has a big, big base. What if I'm heading on up Everest on my own? I don't have a permit. I'm permitless cr- climbing. What are they going to do to me? I don't think Are they now going to have a squad of Tibetans out there to uh, to stop non-permitted uh, yeah. climbers? Yeah. Well, what nonsense. are they going to do? I don't think they can really effectively police there, even if they wanted to. It's, uh... But even even uh, with with less noticeable things, like uh, people just building bombs in their backyard. For instance, uh, there's plenty of videos on the internet of kids, young teen boys, doing building stuff that goes boom and hurting themselves, right? Certainly, building bombs and setting them off in many areas is probably against the law. So a lot of this stupid. So the laws are failing. Right. So the laws are failing. And I built bombs when I was younger. Now I'm not saying that I let them off. I I didn't. Are kids going to stop building bombs just because a couple of their buddies get put in a jail cell? No. Teenage boys are obsessed with uh, explosions. Things that go boom. Yeah. So look, you know, you just all you need to do as a parent is help your kids understand that some things are sensible, some things aren't. Be careful if you're going to do something dangerous. But otherwise, what else can you do, man? You can impart wisdom, but that's about as far as it can go. It's up to them to make the right decisions. And no threat of jail time is going to change anything. As as our caller earlier suggested, that 
there's all kinds of things that are prohibited that kids can still get their hands on, drugs, various different types of drugs, all available out there in the marketplace, and they're more than willing to take those risks. So let's just let people make bad decisions for themselves and let them suffer whatever consequences come. That's all that should happen here. If you fall down and go boom, well, you hurt yourself. Hopefully you learned your lesson for next time. But putting someone in a jail cell and forcing everyone to pay for that? Where's the victim? 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything. Hour two's on the way. Homeschooling moms are pissed. We'll tell you why. There's a reason it doesn't sound like the old media. Which of those court justices are going to sit there and err on the side of your Fourth Amendment? That's because it's the new media. Dan Carlin. Common sense. I think fast and I talk fast and the people that like this program can deal with that. Common sense with Dan Carlin. A free-thinking, politically independent view of things from a man who's had way too much caffeine. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight. Uh, First, though, as I mentioned last hour, homeschooling moms are pissed. And I think rightly so. Uh, The story is from Home Education Magazine, and the story is about Subway, the sandwich shop. You know, sandwich artists and all that. Turns out that there's been a bit of a marketing decision that was a pretty poor choice on the part of Subway. They have a little contest that involves uh, having your kid write some sort of story about a sandwich or something like that. And if you get the best story, then you'll win a prize and the prize includes a five thousand dollars worth of athletic equipment for your child's school a scholastic gift basket a subway card for a hundred dollar value and some other crap and in the details uh, of the contest it says that no homeschoolers will be accepted Hmm. no homeschools actually is what it says will be accepted now it says here that someone's uh, not wasn't planning very well well, it's, it's according to the article here at homeedmag.com, to be technical about it, according to this, homeschoolers in the untied states are the only ones ineligible. They actually spelled United as untied in, this, in the subway uh, <laughs> the, That darn spell check. Homeschoolers in the untied or the United States should be able to enter, but as we all can recognize, I digress with my tongue firmly in my cheek. The presumed rationale for the exclusion is the grand prize is athletic equipment for a school and that homeschools aren't organized schools and that the equipment is intended for a community and not a family. My own point of view is that the way the contest rules were worded is another indication of the increasing acceptance that children are creatures of school. This contest, a story-writing contest, includes children who are pre-K. The author says, do I really have to point out that three- and four-year-old children generally don't compose beginning, middle, and end stories? Also, this indicates the trend that no longer are young children preschoolers, but they are pre-kindergarten. Kindergarten itself used to not only be optional in the United States, but was considered a precursor to formal schooling. So now they've gone pre-K at this point, is what they're pointing out here. And they aren't allowing homeschooling uh, folks to compete in this particular contest, so 
the moms are pretty angry, and as a result, you're looking at a boycott here of Subway sandwiches. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll join the boycott. I, I'm not much of a Subway uh, person. I, no, I, I, I don't go very often either. I feel like they're a little stingy with the meat. Um, so it won't be hard for me to stop because right. I'm, I'm like you. I've been maybe well, once I, in the last five it's not, years. It's not a boycott if you're, uh, if you're not a customer of theirs. You know? I see. And Good not, point. Not one of any, po- um, any, any consequence anyway. But um, sometimes, you know, you can order double meat there, which, you know, jacks up the price of the sandwich. But I've had sandwiches from Subway, and they've been good. I think that, uh, you know, I think this is wrong. I don't think they should have done this. And Sure. Uh, I mean, they could have made an they're exclusion. They're foolish. foolish. They, they, they could have made... Uh, the, reason, the reason I would suspect that they did it was because the prize is $5,000 worth of athletic equipment donated to your school. Yeah. And, well, how can you donate it to a homeschooler's school? Well, the easy answer to that, and if anybody had been thinking about it, was that they didn't you know that you could just donate it to a local park or organization or whatever they could pick or a that. lower uh, amount value would go if you're a homeschooler winner if you didn't choose a school then you'd get you know 500 bucks or something for your homeschool right they, they, could, they, they could have done all sorts of things what they wanted to do it seems to me what it seems like is homeschoolers win everything because that's the you know those are the smartest most well-educated oh, yeah. kids they they want to they want to show from their PR standpoint we you know this student and at this school that won and it was great and here's a picture of the whole school having a great time. Instead, you've got a picture of, uh, you know, little Molly, the homeschooler. <laughs> right, yeah. and the marketing impact just for the, the kid who wins, there's going to be a lot of exposure for Subway at that school and among those parents. Good point. We probably assume that would be a lot of exposure. And yeah, I think from a PR standpoint, they were looking for giving it to a school because then they would be helping they could argue for you know that they were helping hundreds of people and not just... And if they're going to have their silly little contest and they don't want people to enter, they could have just you know, they, they they could have just excluded them under the radar. You know, when they you know they found out that they were a homeschooler, oh, that one chuck it in the trash, right? Yeah. And yeah, I'm not saying that. I, that would have been the smarter thing to do from their standpoint. Excluding homeschoolers like right. this is just ludicrous. It's dumb. Well, and as the uh, the story here points out, Home Education Magazine says there's at least a million homeschoolers about uh, out there in America. So that's a pretty decent sized segment of the marketplace. I mean, you're talking about alienating. Those million homeschoolers plus their parents, you're talking about, I mean, is is whatever the potential publicity that would surround awarding one school $5,000, which couldn't be that much publicity. It really couldn't. I mean, it's not like newspapers or television uh, unlikely, news is going to yeah. jump all over this. It's and, not that big of a donation, $5,000. No, I mean, it's not going to be a big deal. Maybe the school will put out a, a press release to say, thanks to Subway for donating these soccer balls. Uh, but otherwise, there's not really going to be a lot of exposure versus this, which is going to spread like, you know, a virus. Yeah. It's going to go viral and these, these homeschooling moms are going to send emails to one another and the dads are going to find out and they're going to they're going to subway's going to suffer right not to mention the fact that uh when subway uh does decide to uh backtrack on this and they will they absolutely will when they decide to backtrack well how are they going to uh you know the the word's not going to get out that they backtracked well maybe it will not so much i don't think so it's it's news that they've uh, excluded homeschoolers it's not news that they backed up on it it's true. They should have made the right decision the first Are time. Are we going to uh, cover it when they uh, when they retract? Well, I don't know. If I get wind of it, I might mention it. We don't mention things on this show. We talk about issues. That's true. We, we, we bring up an we issue that we can things. talk about for uh, at least a half an hour, if not an entire hour, uh, being our not really. uh, two, do two segments or, or four segments. That's not really what we do. Well, that's what we try to do. Not really. 
it's very rare that any of our issues will last an hour without serious phone input on this show. Normally, if we don't have the phone calls to but go to... But we bring it up for the purpose of getting the phone calls, right? Well, maybe, yeah. So that's the intent. I, the subway backtracking? Where's it's the issue? It's certainly not something to lead a show with. There's no. no doubt about that. All right, so I figured I'd share that with you, those of you out there who are homeschoolers and who support homeschooling. Keep that in mind when you're going out for lunch next time. Maybe go to the local sandwich shop. There's one here. Uh, what, it's not local. The uh, what's it called? D'Angelo's. D'Angelo's. It, it's it's an excellent sandwich shop. Yeah. I I go to there regularly. Um, you, do yourself a favor if you haven't gone to D'Angelo's, uh, go in and check it out. Or go anywhere but Subway at this point because they screwed up. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to Dave in Ohio listening on W A I S. Hello, Dave. Hi guys. What's I got on your mind? Good news. Yes, sir. This is hot off the presses. All right, go. The Athens County Board of MRDD dropped. The MR off their What's name. That Who? What's the MRDD? Um, excuse me, folks. Mental retardation. Okay. Yeah. So, so you don't uh, like the term mental re- retardation? Is it a bad term? It's kind of like calling uh, American uh, Native Americans or whatever Indians. Yeah. Ah. It's very derogatory. You think so? Okay. Yeah. What What's a better terminology to use? Person with a disability. Yeah, but that doesn't really describe the disability, does it? I mean, that could be anything. I could have a broken leg. What about a... mentally handicapped? Or Is that one better? Mentally, you know. How about that we one, all, challenged? We all have disabilities. That much is true. Um, some are bigger than others, and it's it, it's useful to be able to describe those disabilities. If somebody has, say, Down syndrome or something like that, you, um, and you're meeting them, you know, you're going to meet them for the first time. It might be useful to know that information rather than thinking you're going to meet, you know, the governor or something like that. You know, you know what I mean? It's it's the reason that we describe people is to be able to have information about them. There you go, Dave. Thanks for the All call right, tonight. You, Appreciate yeah. it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I can understand why people are sensitive about that. I yeah. certainly can. I can. I mean, there's there's certainly there's derogatory terms. You know, you can describe somebody with the N word, or you can uh, describe them as black, or uh, as some some people prefer African American or something like that. I think I'm that, guilty of using the term retard. I've uh, it's just something that I picked up when I was a kid, and I've just been using it ever since. It, what's a better one? Mental? You said mental? What? Uh, Mentally I don't know. Disabled somebody who's disabled? mentally disabled or has, uh, you know, some kind of mental handicap. Yeah. I, or mentally, you know, I don't know if mentally challenged is really the way to say challenge? it. Because that just makes it sound like they're stupid, which isn't <laughs> necessarily the case. I've met a lot of uh, good people that uh, that are, you know, have problems. And uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, their IQs aren't that high. What are you going to do? 1-800-259-9231. I don't really care about their IQ. What I care is are they going to use force on me? That's my issue. That's where I... That's what I'm concerned with. As long as you can get through your life okay without hurting somebody else, you're okay by me. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about at shrine.freetalklive.com. 
And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to listen to concerts, enjoy some barbecue, and socialize around the fire with hundreds of individuals who, like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We are going to be at Porkfest for the last three days. It's an entire week-long event. We're going to be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday broadcasting the show live. So really excited about that. It was a lot of fun last year, and it'll be hopefully three times the fun this time because we're going to be there three times as much. If you can take some time off to uh, go camping, I recommend Porkfest. You'll have a really great time. Uh, you know, there'll be all kinds of activities for kids and adults. In fact, I know it's going to be more fun this time because Jason Osborne's going to be there this time, and last time he wasn't. And wherever Jason is, that's where the fun is. He, he does the, like he does like to create fun. He is going to have the fun tent, right? Yes. It's going to be like, from what I understand, free alcohol and free barbecue. How much more fun could he get than right. that? I mean, it's a good time. Plus, you're around liberty activists and uh, people that love freedom. Great. Anyway, porkfest.com. We continue here. Uh, speaking of New Hampshire, we go to the phones. Perhaps the youngest caller of all time. Uh, her name is Alina in New Hampshire. Alina, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, my name is Malena, and I'm nine years old. My question is, as a nine-year-old living in Dover, New Hampshire, what can I do to promote the Free State Project to achieve liberty in my lifetime? Hmm. Wow. That's a, that's a good question, Uh I think you're doing a good job right now, getting on the radio and sounding cute and mentioning the Free State Project. People pay attention to that, right? Mark, your suggestion? You know, I'm I'm at a loss. I I would like to know what more I could do to promote the Free State Project, let alone being nine. (laughs) I would say that being nine has some uh, added advantages to it. Melena sounds like a uh, rather cute little girl, and she isn't going to have some of the negative emotions attached that I am, perhaps. So, you know, all I can say, Melina, is uh, talk to people about it, especially people outside of the state, and uh, talk to them about how great the Free State Project is and what what it means for you. And I assume that you're a homeschooler, is that right? Yes, I am. Yep, and, and to tell them the, the freedoms that you're hoping to have around homeschooling. That kind of thing. I think uh, one other thing might be that there are some, there are going to be more and more as time goes on. For instance, Dave Ridley, uh, we spoke to him a little while back from RidleyReport.com. He's doing civil disobedience, which he may decide to involve some underage people in, in which case someone like Alina could be able to get involved in that. Melina. Oh, Malena, I'm sorry. Uh, someone like Malena could go and, you know, get hired under the age of 16, because that's the minimum age to work, I believe. So she would qualify for that. And that would be a photo opportunity. So, I mean, kids and photos, that usually goes pretty well. So something that you could do, like, in person as an activist to join the existing activists. In fact, that's something else that we've found. There's a young, uh, there's a young man who's a little bit younger than you, actually, Malena, here in the Monadnock region of New Hampshire. He, is, he comes out to some activist events with his parents, and just having him there kind of changes the, the, the flow of the event. Because then if the, the media comes or the cops come and it, you know, normally it would look bad for whatever reason, just from an outsider looking in, like, oh, those bunch of adults are over there stirring up trouble. If there's a kid with them, then it kind of changes the, the structure, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. Nick, your, uh, your advice for Molina while we have her here. I think uh, what you and Mark have suggested has pretty much hit it on the head. I mean, 
there's there's events out there. There's activism, maybe civil disobedience, if that's okay with with parents. <laughs> well, yes, everything first. would have to be okay with mom and dad, and presumably it is. That's why you're on the phone tonight. I would I would imagine. We we practice civil civil disobedience daily. Awesome. Well, fantastic. And uh, I'd like to thank you for calling in tonight. We appreciate hearing from you, and and good luck with continuing to uh, to spread the word about the Free State Project, because it really is exciting. If it wasn't exciting, we wouldn't be talking about it on the air like we do. Yes, they are an advertiser of Free Talk Live, but that only means that they buy, you know, one 15-second ad during the program and, right. you know, a 30-second we ad. members of the Free State Project before they ever became mm-hmm. advertisers. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, you know, they, we went after them. They didn't come after us. Melina, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you for taking the time to call in. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The other thing that makes it easy to promote New Hampshire and the Free State Project is all of the tyranny that's going on elsewhere in the country. All of just the terrible things that government is doing in the name of keeping you safe, I guess. And I suppose that's the excuse here in East Hampton, New York, where an East Hampton art gallery owner was led away in handcuffs over the weekend after she refused to stop serving drinks at an opening bash for a celebrity photo exhibit. you got to be kidding me. As about 200 startled guests looked on, Ruth Kelb, generally known as Ruth Verred after her gallery's name, was arrested on a charge of selling alcohol without a liquor license. Verred, who's 67, she says, I told them I've been doing this since before they were born. And she probably has. She says, they have some nerve. She said the wine and the champagne were free, so she wasn't even charging for it. Mayor Paul Rickenbach said police were just doing their job. He said it's not something that's new and out of the blue at all. So you, you should have known, lady. You know, just doing just doing our jobs is the same excuse that the uh, the guys at uh, Auschwitz, uh, you know, they used Nuremberg at the Nuremberg trials. They were yeah. using the same excuses. It was just our job to throw the Jews in the gas chamber. What's the big deal? Well. Here, you, here these police officers are. Uh, they know full well that th- this is this woman's right mm-hmm. to be able to give alcohol to her guests. It's her property. I, I don't know if uh, she was charging perhaps an entrance into the uh, gallery. Maybe. You know, I, I don't know what, so? what she was doing. But it's her right to do that. And the fact that they would do that, it, it just goes to show, as far as I'm concerned, in a, sen- in a matter of degrees, that they're, you know, they're, they're on that same path. And this is, this is something that... It's what I understood always happened when new art, a new art gallery or a new display came up is that, you know, people who are into art went there and there's drank always, and there's, talked about the art. There's always alcohol, usually a brewed libation as opposed to a, uh, a, a distilled libation at uh, g- galleries when they're having uh, exhibitions. Not I've in East Hampton. Not in East Hampton. No, sir. We won't allow that kind of behavior around here. Who do you think you are, woman, opening up your own art gallery and letting people come in and fritter about with their alcohol drinks in their hands? What kind of a country do you think you're living in Anyway, I mean, how do you justify this? Is it the are the the bartenders, the people that own bars in the in the city of East Hampton or wherever that is, are they that upset about this lady? Because that's where you could come from on this. You could suggest that well, well it's protectionist it's, racket. It's not really. To, com- it, it's what, not the, even competition. The clientele they're going to this are not going to. 
are but not going to be gone away from the, the bars. The thing is, is it's probably beneficial to bars in the sense that these people are now out of the house to go mm. to this. What what night was this? Was this Sunday? Saturday night. Oh, Saturday night. Okay. They're now out of the house. They may not have gotten out of the house. I didn't go anywhere this Saturday night. I stayed in. Um, if I had gone to an art exhibition, perhaps afterwards, afterwards. I would want to go to a bar and friends. continue uh, yeah. you know, talking about the art and drinking and whatever. So this is just the government enforcing its asinine rules, yep. which may have been created to protect the, you know, the bartender's protectionism, which is frequently where these rules come from, but just enforcing them and not caring. They don't care. They're just so heartless. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. We go to some international news. The U.K., apparently, now remember, the police state in the U.K., pretty bad. It's worse there than it is over here, and it's getting worse over there, and it's getting worse here. But here's the latest in the police state news from The Guardian, Guardian guardian.co.uk, reporting. A future conservative government will bring in boot camps for unemployed young people aged between 18 and 21 who refuse to take a job, according to the party's welfare spokesman. In a significant hardening of conservative policy toward welfare claimants, he'll announce the abolition of benefit payments for any able-bodied person under 21 who's out of work for more than three months and who refuses to go on a compulsory community service program or boot camp training course aimed at improving their work discipline and giving them basic skills to get a job. Now, I'm certainly not in favor of welfare, and I don't want to make it sound like I am, uh, but in this case... Putting people in boot camp? Well, it's not mandatory, though. That's only if they want to keep their benefits, correct? Well, that is true. That is true. So if, you know, if they want to suck off the teeth of the state, maybe I, they I, have to yes. sell themselves to the state. Right. I, that's all. I just wanted to point that out because it's disturbing. It's yet another layer of uh, state indoctrination that as though welfare recipients... I'm going to say that I like it better. I, I, think, that, I think that they should put uh, more and uh, more strictures on uh, on people that want to get free money. I think in. just cutting Why not benefits. just cut them off? Yeah, yeah. just cut it off. I, I think that's superior, but... Uh, it's, right, this gets... This brings... You, you, it's difficult to get people to, uh, to, to go along with that. Are you kidding? Just cut these people off? Yeah, cut them off. It's the only thing you can do to... Uh, to I understand what you're saying, improve Mark. Improve their life. It, it, may, it may be difficult from a PR standpoint, but it is the, the best thing that you can do. And in addition, what's, what this is going to result in is these young people who, again, between 18 and 21, who are on welfare. So it's bad enough that they're on welfare. They've already got the entitlement mentality. Now we're going to take them to the next step and say, okay, well, we're going to bring you into this state-run program, this boot camp, where you're going to allegedly learn skills. Uh, Who knows how that's going to end up working out. But what it's going to do is going to make them ever more dependent on the government than they've ever been before. And I think that that's pretty disturbing. Well, or you could argue that a lot of young people who aren't willing to get a job um, and simply want to live off welfare benefits will simply get a job or 
figure something else out and let their benefits lapse as opposed to go to boot camp. Because I would imagine, and I don't know for sure, many people would rather simply stop receiving welfare benefits than go to some kind of a boot camp. Is this a program like a military-style boot camp, or is that just, are they... Gonna, is this just like a, anything they call boot camp probably is going to be the crap somewhat out of me. military style. And you're right, Nick. There are going to be some people that are going to say, "No way in hell! I'll just you know cut my payments. I'm not going there." But what if you're such a lazy, shiftless douche that you know the idea of boot camp sounds like an improvement to you? I mean, you're in some crap hole apartment, well, some flat. And uh, trying to make the rent payments uh, with, the, with the welfare checks you're getting, then all of a sudden the government comes along and says, hey, come on into this 12-month-long boot camp. We'll I, uh, put I, a roof over your head and give you some training. I and- think that uh, many people believe, though, that uh, boot camp, that the military and boot camp and those kind of things instill discipline. And self-discipline, and well, you know, which is really just an entire misnomer. How can you not? How can anything but yourself instill self-discipline? Yeah, it, it's ludicrous. And all you have to do is look at the different types of people that come out of the military. Some of them, of course, do have discipline, but they went in having discipline. Right. You kind of have to have self-discipline to subject yourself to. Right. You know, people look at the military for a few different reasons, and, you know, none of them, as far as I'm concerned, are the the greatest in the world. But some people uh, look at it as a way to instill discipline, and and what you get out of it is, in fact, my my uncle said that it almost ruined him for the working world. The military. The military did. The Air Force. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I don't believe that it actually did, because the people that are driven are driven, and it, it doesn't really matter. It seems to me that working induces discipline, and that right. if you are undisciplined and you're not showing up to work on time, you're going to get fired. After so many times, you'll realize you better get it together. I don't know if it's so much a discipline issue as once you're – it's kind of like being institutionalized in a way because you're told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Right. And once you get out into the working world, you don't. if you don't have self-direction, there's no one to tell you, you know – you have to go out today and apply for a job, and you have to, you know. Set I'd like up an to not worry. You know, a lot of them say to themselves, "I'd like to not worry about paying for things like housing and uh, electricity and water and all these other things that the free wor- that the free world you have to pay for." And uh, they'll give me a little money here and there. They'll tell me what I'm going to eat. They'll tell me when I'm going to work. They'll tell me when I've got to be there, um, and, and I'll get some discipline out of the deal. And you know, just all these other things and it's to me it's it's sad but without the military some other business if we allowed it to happen would in fact fill in this this void for people that want to be told what to do and how to do it and when to do it and that kind of thing there are jobs like that i mean you can go work on an oil rig out in the north atlantic or something and that's but you still have to pay for um you know two you're on two weeks you're off two weeks is that right i think yeah it's it's very highly structured so you're still gonna have to pay for some kind of uh you know rent two weeks on two weeks off you can probably pick up some overtime and uh you could live in a hotel after that you know but whatever no, I, you know, know. I, I guess I mean I guess if people are completely opposed to living in you know in a the world where is, they can make their own choices, then you could get turned down as a roughneck. You might not might or might not get the job. You will not get turned down by the army. That's pretty much true. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You're welcome to comment on this or whatever's on your mind. It just seems to me disturbing because it's going to be yet another path of uh, allowing people to take advantage of taxpayers and get their entire life subsidized. For a certain period of time that, you know, more people under the wing of the state is not a good thing for freedom. So that's what I wanted to bring it up for. We continue here with your calls. You bring up anything. Mike in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live. Mike. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? 
I just want to let you guys know I woke up this morning and I had a little spring in my step. I uh, I felt about 80% safer this morning. I don't, and I didn't know why until I heard the story about the old lady getting arrested. Mm. Oh, what? Which which old lady? Or was it a was it a, the uh, the woman with the the, the art gallery? The art gallery. Yeah, yeah she's pretty. I guess old, she's somewhat old, sixty-seven. Oh, okay. Sure. I mean, yeah. That's that's old enough to receive uh, you know benefits from yeah, certain things. Yeah, so, yeah, I think once you hit that age, you're you're considered old lady or an old. She's man. probably no spring chicken. No, well, you know. Yeah. So you but, felt you uh, felt yeah, safe saw, because the criminal was. And I, and I and I didn't know why until I heard that story. Mm. I mean, I just feel so much safer now that I know that people like her are another, arrested. Yes, you know? another hardened lawless criminal taken yeah. off the streets of East Hampton, New York. Yep, yep, and uh, as far as that. Uh, Thing in England goes, I say, you know, if you if you you make your bed, you sleep in it. So, you know, I see no problem at all with that. If you're gonna, you know, suck off the government, then don't complain when they, you know, put all kinds of demands on you. And that much I understand, and, I think, I, and I'm with I think you. The there. worst part of it is that uh, likely the people that go through these programs have, you know, there's there's a period of time the government get, gets to ev- even further indoctrinate them. Yeah, and you and I would have to pay for it if it were in the United States. We, you and like I, you know, taxpayers. Schools. Sure, public schools yeah. are certainly a good example, but uh, you know that this is further indoctrination for adults. Exactly. Right. Right. Mike, any uh, other man. thoughts? Uh, and that's pretty much it. Thanks, Just dude, for the call. I say I, felt, I feel a lot safer now. Yep. 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 They're, they're locking really, up, they're they're really... locking up uh, little old ladies right. for uh, giving away alcohol at, uh, at, and, at art and, exhibitions. And, it's, you know, and what's the difference between the dad and you sitting at home with 50 people at your house cracking open beers? I mean... <laughs> it's a great question. What is the difference? Well, because there's money being made. Once, if well, I was, there's money being made. It's it's an art gallery. Well, I mean, people have Avon parties and and Tupperware parties all the time, and they drink. And you can believe that if they there. found out about it and knew about it and you know could figure it out, they'd they want would, a piece. They, they, there would be a bust. Yep, that's true. Oh, Mike, thanks God. for the call, dude. We appreciate yep. it. The uh, police because diligently cleaning the up. The socialists our have managed to make it seem like making you know having a business, making money, um, is evil somehow. So therefore. It's separate and different, and it's not. Every man has to make money. Every person that lives has to make money, and making money, uh, you know, working, laboring—that is part of the human condition. It's—it's it's no different than breathing. That's what we want people to do: is make money. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live, South American Union, coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at the store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. Order great Free Talk Live uh, branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. All there for you. Store.freetalklive.com. So there's been a lot of talk recently about this uh, whole concept that's been brewing out there called the North American Union. Some people are pretty certain that it's coming down the pike. And there are certainly some indicators. Uh, there is the, the government's own Security and Prosperity Partnership Program, which is some sort of somewhat secretive program involving the Mexican, Canadian, and U.S. governments getting together and setting rules and coming to agreements on trade matters and things like that. And it 
there have just been some indicators that have been suggesting that there's going to be a North American Union. Some people have suggested they're going to come out with their own currency, the Amero, uh, to replace the, the ailing U.S. dollar. And that's certainly a plausible suggestion because it would make sense to take all the attention off of the dollar with a brand new, shiny, pretty, colorful piece of currency called the Amero. So all of this is possible. And it may even be happening. And it may even be more likely now. Because according to the BBC, it looks like there's now a South American Union. Leaders of 12 South American nations have formed a regional body aimed at boosting economic and political integration in the region. At a summit in Brazil, they signed a treaty which created the Union of South American Nations, or UNASUR. Brazil's president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, said the move showed that South America was becoming a global player. The tensions between several members will make it difficult for the group to achieve its goals, whatever those are. They said at the summit that the differences between some of their governments were a sign of vitality in the region. Uh, so here you go. I mean, they could go on and pat themselves on the back for the rest of the article, but they've done it. There's a South American Union. There's a European Union. There's an African Union. There is an African Union. It's I didn't know that. Not very effective, but right. it, there is an Af- something a body called the African Union that is a continental type governing organization that's that's where things are going and so it would make sense if north america was was next and then there's global government after that it's so alluring because what one of the ways that they they get fiscal conservatives on board is they say well look we're gonna drop trade barriers between the united states and canada and uh mexico and cuba you know wherever Mm -hmm. the the north america um north North american continent and the caribbean i think there's a caribbean union too by the way really um not that you know i mean they they would have to band together in some Mm -hmm. ways just to be more viable Uh, you know they they say they're going to drop these these trade barriers fiscal conservatives say well trade barriers are bad dropping some trade barriers is good okay and uh, then, of course, the the socialists or one world government types they 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 believe that uh, the, they're all the, for it. The very best way to bring good, just government to everyone is by having a a good, big, just centralized government. Mm. Well, you know, you can have uh, you can drop trade barriers without having a union. They could do that if they wanted to. They could just decide, okay, no more trade barriers, and that would be great. That would be much more free market. That would be something that uh, all of us would agree with. But that's not the proposal that's on the table. The proposal is centralization. The proposal is more control. And the bureaucrats are particularly excited. See, it doesn't really matter that much what you and I think because we're not the ones making the decisions. What makes what matters is the bureaucrats and what they think and the elected officials and what they think. And what they are wanting is more power. And if there's a North American union, then that gives them more sway over a greater uh, swath of territory. And what bureaucrat wouldn't want more power in his little dominion. Yeah, and generally you see restrictions on trade get tighter. The trade barriers are dropped, but there's more regulation because, you know, there are more socialist nations we we in our case we would be partnering with and everybody kind of tries each faction tries to throw in, you know, their regulations. The Mexicans might have regulations that they they think would be very important to impose on the whole union. America might too. The Canadians might. So you generally end up with a lot more regulation. And at least in the United States, while we have a lot of unelected bureaucrats writing laws at this point, they're at least kind of appointed through an elected Congress. But if you look at what happened in the European Union, there's really not a whole lot of democratic control over Mm. the people in Brussels writing the laws. I mean, it's very – there's very little representation, and you have so much less representation as an individual. I mean, it's it's hard to control a state government – 
Never right. mind the federal government, and then you add something above that. So they're even more isolated. Yeah. They're even more centralized. They're even more isolated away from people's opinions, because we've talked about before is exactly what you're saying. If it's a local government, it, you live down the street from those people. So to some extent, they have, even though they're not your representatives, I mean, that's a fantasy. No one can possibly represent more than themselves. But at least they're there within your grasp to where they have to smile when they see you and they have to pretend like they're nice. And they, it's, it's just there's more control to some extent at a local level. State, less control. Federal, less control. A North American Union, even less control than in the U.N. I mean, there's, this is just an awful idea. And, but that's the way things are going, which is why secession is so imperative, because the sooner that we can have somebody secede, whether it be individuals seceding or the state seceding, I don't care who does it, we need to see secession soon before something like this comes to North America. Well, Ed, you can make the argument. I mean, once you have a, a prospect of a North American union being openly discussed by talking heads, um, I think you can really make the argument that they're already putting an end to the United States. A lot of the arguments against secession are more emotional than logical, and it has to do with, you know, we need to try to keep the union together. Well, if the United States is just going to become another state in a in a larger nation, essentially, what's the point in preserving that? The, That's a the great United point. States is as we know it is dissolved. That could be a you're right, you know, that could be a real turning point for a lot of the God and country types that are all law and order, yeah, America, my nation's the best, those kind of people, the flag wavers. Absolutely. Well if they're about to lose their nation, then what do you got now? You got where you're living, so why not secede? It would seem as though that secession could really catch on in that kind of an environment and where the North American Union is sort of looming. Secession could be a really hot idea. And if states that didn't want to be part of the North American Union still wanted to be part of a unit, I mean, you could have, say, North and South Dakota could break off, and if they wanted to keep interacting like they're part of the same country, they could work something out. Sure. So, you know, I think that would be a turning point for a lot of people, or at least it should be for those who, who talk about the Constitution and the rule of law and American sovereignty. I mean, a lot of people on the right, that's where... So bring it on, then. Right, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know. You don't want to you, you uh, propagate and foster something bad happening so that something good will happen. Yeah, um, but this one, it seems like it's coming anyway, I, I right? would say that uh, it, it's, it, it's down the, the pike. If They're they trying. follow the trend that the other countries have, have done, then it will be coming. Let's go to your calls. Eric's on the line in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Eric. Eric? Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? I have to say that... A lot of people are thinking about this North American Union from the aspect of a government control. People need to take a much closer look at who's really behind all this. And it's a cultural expansion. It has nothing to do with governments or big business. What's that mean? It's a strong cultural expansion that's been going on since the beginning of time for control of people. People need to look on their own. They need to educate themselves. I I, I'd like you, you to help you educate me right here, right now. What do you mean when you say cultural expansion? What does that mean? There's a distinct group of people in this world who have one agenda, and that is to control the rest. Oh, I think that everyone, writings, I, I, I think to, to, to a lesser or greater extent, everyone has the desire to control other human beings. Um, Nobody's I mean, written about it for 2,000 years and all their teachings so much as these people. But I will not name these people. People need to find out who they are on their own. So like Beelzebub, if you name them, they'll come? <laughs> no, it is a very sound, historic, documented trend of control of media, of banks. 
of the medical profession. Are we talking Jews here? Major <laughs> is this aspects what? of cultural <laughs> humanity. Are you saying the Jews are in control? No, of... I didn't say it. You didn't say it, but oh, you're one I of those, are you? Did you I... say it? You didn't it's say in it. the back of all of our minds, isn't it? Well, well not mine, because I'm not I, a bigot. Oh, I've heard it before, um, so that's the reason I, it is. You know, I, my, my best friend is, is Jewish, and he says he doesn't get the newsletter. Well, you've got you to gotta aspire to the Talmudic Jew and the aspirations of the teachings of man that swayed away from the teachings of the elders in the beginning. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Look, I don't... That's just nonsense. The fact is, the people that you need to be concerned about are anybody that wants to control your life. Whatever their color, or their uh, their origins, or their gender, or their hair color, or whatever, as long as they deign to control you, as long as they deem themselves the authority and they want to tell you how to live your life, those are the people you need to be concerned with. And they're, they're, it's impossible to identify them all because there are too many. And if the Jews controlled everything, why have they allowed themselves to be gassed in Germany yep. and driven from their <laughs> homeland and Don't forget, in Spain during the Inquisition. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, it's easy. Th- this is easy. There's, there are people out there that wish to control your life. What's hard is researching and researching through tomes and tomes of books and all over the Internet, trying to figure out who they are and what their agenda is. Forget that. Yeah. There are people out there that want to control your life. Look to your local governments. There's your answer. Those are who the people are, whoever they local, are. Local, state, and federal, yep. and the U.N. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Anthony Gregory at lourockwell.com. Interesting uh Interesting article here posted, uh, which is apparently based on a speech that he gave at the Libertarian National Convention over the weekend. One of the, I would say, highlights of a very disappointing convention wherein, in case you didn't know, in case you haven't heard, the Libertarian Party has made the awful decision of nominating a man who is not a Libertarian as their presidential candidate. Oh, sure, he claims to be a libertarian, but by the most basic of litmus tests, he fails. He's a big government guy in many areas, and it was just, it's, it was just really sad what happened over the weekend. But uh, this is an interesting story, again, from Anthony Gregory. The question, why do we choose to defend liberty? Some people often look upon those of us who choose to defend liberty with some curiosity. What could be our motivation? Those who see everything political purely in terms of economic motivations and personal gain have some trouble grappling with ideas with our ideas for society. They look at our position on social security and they think we must not care about the elderly. They know we want to slash taxes and promote free markets in a hundred directions, and they assume we must want to coddle the rich in big business. They think we're naive about threats to national security or that we're un-American because we favor peace. Not just in Iraq, but as a general rule. We've come across all of these viewpoints and all of these attitudes Absolutely. while doing the show. It's naive to think that you can't just go into other people's countries and shoot the hell out of them, blow their heads up, destroy families, and, you know, and treat them like dogs and cattle. It's naive to think that. 
Additionally, some uh, for decades, some have associated libertarians with an obsession with drugs. But of course, economic determinism isn't an immutable fact of life. Karl Marx was wrong, and thank goodness. People don't only respond to narrow class or self-interest. Were this not so, it would be impossible to account for the work done by political activists of all types, not just among us, but those of all political movements. The pro-life movement is not only interested in narrow self-interest, neither is the pro-choice movement. The environmentalists, gun rights advocates, anti-war protesters, conservatives, and socialists of all stripes have among their ranks millions of people who are dedicated to their vision and determined to make the world better, not just for themselves, but for others. Ideas are important. Principle motivates people to make all sorts of sacrifices to promote their version of justice, to make their abstract ideology a reality. We see this even in the nightmarish general election process every four years. Not every single person is voting solely out of narrow self-interest. People are horrified by everything the other side is perceived to stand for. They believe they themselves are standing for something. Even libertarian elements come into play here. Some Democrats naively vote against Republicans out of concern about war, not narrow economic self-interest alone. Republicans, too, sometimes find their inspiration in abstract concepts of justice. Surely, what excited the Ron Paul movement, an unprecedented libertarian grassroots uprising, was ideas. The ideas of liberty. So why is liberty the idea that we choose to defend? Oh, we choose to defend liberty because, in a sense, we have very little choice. It's a matter of right and wrong. It's a fundamental struggle. And looking at our world, we can see why. And then he goes on here, and we'll continue this, but yeah, that's, that's the, the conclusion that you come to once you discover the message of freedom, once you understand liberty and what it's all about, then how you could just turn your head and stick it in the sand and ignore everything that's going on and do nothing about it, I couldn't fathom it. I couldn't fathom having the knowledge that I have and understanding what's going on as, as I do, the, the way that people in search of power are and how they want to wield it over others and how they're harming people. Like the woman we talked about last hour who was doing nothing more than holding an art show who had the police come in and arrest, arrest her for serving drinks without a license in front of 200 of her friends and, and, uh, and, and associates. Just, that's just one example of all of the, the horrific things that governments do to people. How could you come across something like that? How can you come across such travesty and ignore it? I have to fight for freedom. Well, many people start out um, with good intentions and they burn out. I mean, because life, of politics, I think. Well, and just politics and civil disobedience. I mean, neither has been able to affect real change or even really change the direction of the way things are going. So I think a lot of people get frustrated because frustration really lies in knowing what you, you know, what you want to do and not knowing how to go about it successfully. And a lot of people, sadly, you know, they do discover the message of freedom and liberty and they are either naive in thinking that, you know, they're getting involved is going to single-handedly turn the whole mm. thing around in the next year or two. That's a good or point. they just, you know, it can eat at you after a while when I you could see, see what things you're getting worse. Yeah, I can see where you're coming you from because up. if I hadn't found the Free State Project, I probably would have been as frustrated in that way by the Libertarian Party getting nothing done. And then well, I would I have think felt, that, what do I do now? I think a lot of people say, you know, my life is comfortable the way it is and I don't want to do anything that might, you know, damage where I am. I've got people that count on me and... Um, I, I, you know, yeah, I understand that too. Like, I wouldn't want to get arrested and taken away from my life because it's a nice life. I mean, I've got a wonderful girlfriend. I live in a nice house in a nice place around nice people, and everything here is great. Uh, certainly, being plucked away from all that would be awful. 
But at the same time, I understand that if I do nothing, then inevitably my freedoms are going to be chipped away bit by bit, and I'm eventually I could end up in that same place. It may t- may take a little bit longer. Either way, I can't sit still. I can't just let it happen. And and even those who are concerned about that can still do things. They can still do things behind the scenes or quietly or whatever. They don't necessarily have to be out on the front line. So and I don't think that's a valid excuse. You're generally safe on the political side. If that's True. where it, you know, if you're con- well, concerned about you know getting arrested, you can still write a hundred dollar donation to the LP, and that you're not going to be swooped or sign up, up for the Free United. State Project. I mean, right. I, I, yeah. To me, I, I just don't understand why somebody wouldn't sign up and say, okay, if 20,000 people sign up for the Free State Project, then then I'll move to New Hampshire. Uh, you know, you're not taking much of a risk there. It's a pretty solid if-then statement. I mean, right. it's assuming, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you're going to have a strong outcome. And if you're a libertarian and you care anything about freedom and liberty, then, well, you're going to want to move where they the, those 20,000 people are when, in fact, that, that comes into play. Yeah, if you're sane. You will. Uh, So we continue here. Anthony Gregory says, we favor economic freedom because the alternative is to favor a slow enslavement. The state's attacks on free enterprise lead to stagnation, impoverishment, inflation, and wealth destruction on a horrific scale. It's brought this economy to the most precarious point we're facing right now. It's becoming more expensive to buy food. Health care's a mess. The unfunded liabilities in the entitlement state are going to cripple this country unless something fundamental changes. Subsidized easy credits created a bubble, and now the laws of gravity are kicking in. Yeah. The socialist regulatory corporate state that's been fastened onto the economy for more than 100 years has come to the point now where Social Security is a bigger problem than almost, ever, than almost any government on Earth. Eminent domain has taken on, taken on life in a particularly insidious way, and this isn't sustainable. It's dividing people, it's causing social conflict, and it's killing our country. We defend personal liberties because the same principles apply. They used to say we were utopian about the drug war and victimless crimes. But what kind of real world have their policies created? The United States has the largest prison population on Earth. Ever. We have more peaceful people in prison than almost any other nation has criminals in prison. This is supposed to be law enforcement, but these prisons are totalitarian hells of lawlessness. People are raped, beaten, and treated like slaves on an unspeakable scale. Half a million people are behind bars for drugs alone. And surely, this is a human rights issue that should concern anyone wanting a civil society. The Bill of Rights was made a mockery of far before 9-11, as the government increasingly took on the role of using the police force to make people into model citizens. Conservatives who think they oppose social engineering, but oppose the drug war, must not see, but rather are for the irony, but must not see the irony. Excuse me, must not see the irony. They wanted to create a drug-free America, but instead they created a police state where the Fourth Amendment, economic freedom, or any semblance of the rule of law had to be left behind. And now the police state has invaded every conceivable sector of society. It now locks people up for hiring illegal aliens. It's targeted towards some of the most defensible players in the market. It leaves behind a trail of death and misery. Recently, thanks to the some remaining understanding of what's right and wrong, the Texas judiciary has ruled the kidnapping of more than 400 people from the FLDS compound to be illegal. The thing was based on propaganda, as was the Waco incident, which didn't end as peacefully. And this is an important point. What made Waco different was that people resisted. The state's always a threat to the most basic rights. It's ultimately enforced through bureaucratically directed violence, and the threat of violence is always there. All over the country, families have been destroyed, lives ruined, communities ravaged by the drug war and other such crusades. And they think we're not looking at reality when we attack such programs as the drug war. Look at what their various domestic wars have actually created. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. <laughs> 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 2,000 listeners, over 350,000 posts. All for free. Talk about various different things. Serious issues, fun stuff. It's all there at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures. Read his story at notfatanymore.com. Get off that fad diet roller coaster forever at notfatanymore.com. All right, we're in the middle of a, uh, a article here from Anthony Gregory, LouRockwell.com. It's a version of a speech that he gave over the weekend to the Libertarian National Convention about why we do this. Why is it that we choose to defend liberty when we could have taken on all sorts of issues? Why did we choose liberty? And uh, he goes on. He points out, as for intervention overseas, the principles apply here, too. He's talking about all the awful things that the, the state has been doing, like the war on drugs and uh, the, the, the war, all these various different wars on freedom that we have in this country, and that it's expanded out. And, it, and as he says, overseas, we have a global empire that alienates lots of foreigners, cozies up with lots of politicians and despots, destabilizes cultures, promotes conflicts, gets us embroiled in civil wars, destroys our dollar, distorts the economy, and lays claim to our freedom and the unimpeded right to set policy and interrogate anyone all around the world. We oppose this unprecedented monstrosity not because we're naive. If foreign interventionism were so defensible, why are Americans so antsy when other countries go to war and engage in conflict without the nod from the United States? For more than a 100 years, U.S. foreign policy has been on the wrong track. The U.S. was treating the Middle East like a playground for decades, and the blowback many of us were worried about happened. The result's been a total loss of rationality and some rather frightening blows against the traditions of this country. Congress suspended habeas corpus for the first time since the Civil War. Torture has become law in America. The U.S. has laid waste to the lives and property of millions of people. Americans have lost liberty on every front. And it keeps getting worse, by the way. We have perhaps seen the largest expansion of state power since World War II. These are urgent concerns, emergencies even. Stopping the next terrible war is an issue of utmost importance. We are, after all, talking about mass murder here. We need to reverse all the de- deprivations of our civil liberties since 9-11 and continue stripping the state of these despotic powers until we at least have some claim to being a free country again. And yet these horror stories I tell you are not the only reason we do what we do. We have the blessings of liberty all around us. In historical context, we're looking good in many crucial respects. We don't have slavery, which was an unforgivable flaw in the original design of this republic, though I might add we do still have slavery. It's just not as overt. You don't have anyone on a plantation having a whip cracked over them, but if you do have some agency taking a percentage of your income without your consent, then you do have slavery. Sounds remarkably like slavery. But anyway, he says, uh, we don't have conscription, we don't have total socialism, we don't have internment camps for all Arabs. Some taxes, regulations, tariffs, and many other burdens of the past have been lessened. For many segments of the population, this wasn't much of a free society until relatively recently. And on a global level, there's been a remarkable advance in liberty in many places that we ignore to our own detriment. Every triumph for liberty must be cheered and should be understood. What's more, we enjoy a civilization that depends its, uh, that itself depends wholly on the principles of individual rights and dignity. Without the emerging principle that people have certain rights, the state, uh, 
that people have certain rights the state or no man could trample, we wouldn't be here at this convention. The market economy is an impossibility without some degree of economic freedom, and we are fortunate in relative terms to be alive here and now. I agree with him there. It's definitely a good time to be alive. This is the best time, I think, for the message of liberty. This is the time at which the message of freedom has its most, its widest reach, its most powerful influence. Yeah, I would agree with I would agree with that. And there's also the creature comforts as well. It's just nice to be alive because of air conditioning and other things that uh, wealth and the, the and the marketplace and capitalism and the and the somewhat free market has brought us. What's more. Uh, he says, so one reason we need to we defend the market and individual liberty is because life as we know it depends on it. We wish humanity to flourish and not move backwards. And why is it moved at all? Libertarians and our philo- philosophical predecessors have done so much in the past that it's easy for us to take, grant, uh, take it for granted. In the old world, a slow battle that took place over centuries between liberty and tyranny, which exploded in clarity in the 18th century, culminating in the great event when American colonists risked it all, not just for their own personal gain, but to defend their liberty and the idea of liberty. A country was born, founded on the principle of revolution and secession. Newly inspired idealists in a fledgling America kept on with the revolution, applying these ideals to slavery, eventually awakening people worldwide to an evil institution that plagued the world for millennia. Now, not even a dictator would openly defend slavery in principle. A few hundred years ago, some of the founders of this country did. Now that's yeah. progress. Yeah, yeah. Classical liberals became more Americanized, more radicalized through the 19th century as abolitionists denounced Lincoln's power grabs and a big tent anti-imperialist co- coalition developed at the turn of the century. Those determined not to give up the good legacies of this country resisted the progressives, FDR, and then the Cold War. Segregation laws were repealed, and now very few people would ever think of bringing them back. Conscription was met with great mass resistance during Vietnam, with libertarians making all of the most fundamental arguments. Some things have gotten better. At the time, many people didn't take the revolting Americans seriously or think the abolitionists were grounded in reality or believe those who tried to raise awareness of the perils of total economic central planning had any sense or honesty. But on some major battles, our tradition has won, and civilization has become that much more civilized. Where we have not yet won, or where our enemies have won, of course we've seen a betrayal of the American dream, economic calamity, and the retrograde motion of our society. Ultimately, I believe most of us choose to defend liberty because it's under attack, and defending it is the right thing to do. We admire and thank our predecessors even as we acknowledge their flaws and keep trying to move the culture toward a greater respect for liberty. Every little bit of progress means the world to someone out there, currently enslaved and impoverished and brutalized by the police and welfare state. Every big step toward freedom has enormous consequences that will benefit generations to come. Many timely battles have high stakes for the economic well-being of this country, the safety of its people, the liberties they cherish. The lives of countless Americans and foreigners are on the line. Sometimes we libertarians take positions that horrify detractors on the left and right. We defend people that many people won't. So did Jesus. We take some very unpopular stands, but we have to. The statists on the left and right have had their way, and they have devastated the lives of millions. Libertarianism is not about protecting big business at the expense of the little guy, and it's not an obsession with drugs or a naive view of foreign affairs or about throwing all manner of civility, community, law, and personal discipline out the window. That is not in our interest. Quite the reverse. Ours is a program and a philosophy concerned with dismantling state oppression and setting people free. We need not shy away from it or make excuses. The tradition of liberty speaks for itself. It's brought on all these blessings most Americans take for granted. 
The opposite tradition had only brought disaster. The short-term remedy and the long-term goal are the same, liberty. Making ourselves clear will help to bring people will help to bring more people to understand this. If enough people understood this and got behind it and also chose the path that we choose, things would improve instantly and dramatically and would continue to do so. If we succeed and to the extent we do, we see more prosperity, social harmony, peace and civil society. To the extent we don't, we see stagnation, poverty, class division, war, tyranny, and lawlessness. Everything we care about is on the line. And that's why we choose to defend liberty. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. And the best place to defend liberty is right here. New Hampshire is part of the Free State Project. More on the way. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. You get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. We go right back into your calls. Mac in Georgia on the amp line. Hello, Mac. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, the state of Georgia has changed some of the um gun laws. Oh, really? Yeah. How they so? Changed it. They changed it so a person who has a who has a concealed weapons permit can't enter a bar now. They cannot, cannot enter, enter a bar? bar. No, they can. Oh, they can. Oh, they can. Okay, good. And they also can um instead of having to store the weapon inside the glove compartment or in the trunk while they're in the vehicle, they can carry on them also. Wow, okay, cool. Well, that's crazy that uh, you would have to, you have a concealed weapons permit in your vehicle, and, and you happen to be in a vehicle, you would, um, previously, you, you had to stow the, ve- the the weapon? That's crazy. Yeah, but um, the police down here, they, when um, Senator Perdue, the governor in Georgia, um, signed the law, signed the um, acting to law a couple weeks ago, the police department down here started sending the officers, all the officers, back for remedial pursuit training. Okay. Because they say that with with the medicine, that um they need to be more vigilant now. Vigilant for what? <laughs> that people are going to pull guns on them because they can have them on their person and sit in the glove compartment. Because people with concealed right. weapons permits are shooting cops all R- the time. Right, because they've just been waiting for the, uh, the, the the day. Those who are criminals have yep. just been waiting for the day when the law was going to be changed to allow them legally to carry a gun in their belt. So, so they now they're going to finally shoot a cop. You know, this is ludicrous. I would, I would love to know how many I mean, people with, with concealed you know, weapons permits actually commit crimes. Oh, Sorry, Matt, go ahead. I mean, well, you know, you got to think about it. The police chief down here, he's been in for a couple years um. He's actually from he's actually from Southern Georgia, but he he rose through the ranks of the LAPD. Matter of fact, his last assignment with the LAPD was the assist was the chief in charge of internal investigations. Mm. Yeah, that's bad news. Yeah. So so, so basically, what they're going to do is they're going to send all of the cops back to some sort of remedial training, which they'll get paid for. So it's actually kind of like a little vacation for the cops, right? Yeah, I mean they, they're going through the cycle now. They're they're going to take about about two or three months. 
but they're going two or three months. About a couple weeks ago, huh? Uh, just seems it seems probably it's it's probably not so much that it's bad intentions or that they really believe that there's going to be a significant difference or change in the way that people carry themselves and what they do, but it seems to me just an excuse to get some cops some time off and not have to actually work. Well, they also cops don't Fairly like the idea of guns being out there. Period. I mean, generally, the police chief. Some cops. I don't know that that's true. I'm sorry. I should have said uh, the the police chiefs. uh, You know that sort of those sort of people. The uh, oh, they're authoritarians. Yeah, they're all authoritarians, and they believe that they can fix this somehow. Well, I'm glad to hear there's a little bit of good news coming out of Georgia, Mac. Uh, Any other thoughts? He hated it. He hated not too happy. Oh, I bet he's not. Yeah, well, they don't like it when people get more freedom. They fight vehemently against people getting more freedom, and they uh, constantly are in support of more restrictions. And it's such a it's such a farce when the police chiefs will or police will tell you things like, "Well, we're just doing our jobs." But then when it t- when the time comes, and they'll say things like they'll just, they'll throw out the platitudes like, "Oh, well, you if you want it changed, then change the law, and then we'll do our jobs and we'll enforce those laws." But it's nonsense because the police chiefs they always get out front and center. Whenever some proposal comes up to defend anything that increases the size of the state or to oppose anything that decreases the size of the state. Time and time again. Mac, thanks for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. So it's not just about the law and just doing their jobs because their jobs should not be to advocate for more laws, but that's what they do. Right. If they're going to claim that they don't necessarily agree with the laws... They can't say that when the police chiefs association is the one who pushed it through committee. Yep. You know that, and that's they do that, and they they pretend that they're speaking in the interest of the public, but they're still influencing the policy that they supposedly didn't write. Yep, exactly. So we continue with anonymous on the line from somewhere. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, anonymous, going once, going twice. Perhaps this is anonymous. Hello. Hello. Hey, Hello. you're on the air. Anybody there? This is the Christian Anarchist. Oh, it's Gene. What's on your mind? I have three observations to make from our trip to Washington D.C. Ah, yes. And I'll make them. I'll make them very quickly. Okay. Number one, there is still some people that are allowed to protest in front of the White House. How I was about rather that? pleased to see that there were a couple people camped out right on uh, right across the street from the White House gate. Yeah, uh, but did they ask was... permission? Did they get you know get mommy government to give them a pass, a hall pass? I kind of doubt if they had any kind of permit because one of it, they're just kind of camped out there with their tents and uh, they got signs up. One of them's protesting the Iraq War, hmm. and the other one there was uh, was talking about how it's the uh, end of the world. You know, the last one of the doomsday prophets. <laughs> but I was pleased to see both of them there. They're camped out with their gear. They've got. Wow. Signs up all over, and uh, I'm surprised. they take up quite a bit of sidewalk space. So. Yeah, I'm surprised they are allowing that. I mean, didn't Cindy Sheehan get I'm, arrested recently for a protest out in front of the White House? I mean, what's what's I'm different there? I'm not sure how this works, but I'm, I'm pleased to see that there's still a modicum of freedom in this country. That's good. Um, what else? The second thing is Rolling Thunder. Uh, mm-hmm. I like motorcycles as much as the next guy. Ah, okay. But uh, Rolling Thunder, when you got 40,000 motorcycles rolling through there, it's very disturbing when you're trying to look at monuments and things like that. But, you know, the, the guys were having fun, and I certainly wouldn't take that away from them. But oh, motorcyclists would... uh, Motorcyclists are uh, really great prospects, by the way, for, for pro-freedom movements. They're uh, yeah, generally very liberty-minded people. A, a good portion of them are Ron Paul people and, and uh, liberty-minded. And so, uh, you know, I didn't take that away from them. 
But I do want, you know, I just wanted to say it's a little bit annoying. That's all. Earplugs, Gene. Earplugs. 40, yeah, mm-hmm. 40,000 of them. You're trying to read Thomas Jefferson Memorial, which is where I'm going next, is the Thomas Jefferson Memorial, the best place in Washington, D.C. You can go into that memorial and you see carved in stone these beautiful words of liberty and the, and how to fight, mm-hmm. how he wants to fight tyranny. And it's all there in marble. It's amazing that this government that is trying so hard to take away these and instigate tyranny in this country is actually allows us to go see this monument. It's amazing. It's, it's, you would like well, it'd be too much work for them to, de- you know, Gina, it'd be too much work for them to demolish the monument. It would draw too much attention, <laughs> so it's easier to just leave you know it up. That they'll way people probably, can remember. They'll probably have a fake dirty bomb go off in the Jefferson Monument just so that they can close it to the public. But, well, you know what uh, they did do recently is they arrested a young lady for dancing. It doesn't she really, was, yes, they did, the Jefferson one. It doesn't really matter that uh, the Jefferson Memorial is there as a uh, monument to liberty because most Americans, it, it, you know, they can read the words and they just say, we've got liberty. Yay. Yep. And that's, yeah. that's all it means to them. Falls on dead ears. They don't even but know what it means. The words are beautiful. The words there are beautiful, and everybody should go to Washington, D.C. just to see the Jefferson Memorial. Oh, I don't know it's about that. Great. Can't you read the same words on the Internet? I, you I can, think th- but it really makes a difference when you see it engraved in 10-foot-high letters around the top of a marble I, uh, I think it's much more impressive. That- I agree yeah, with you, Yeah, but it's not enough of a reason to actually visit this D.C. Of, this kind of crap falls on dead ears with Ian. You know, I mean, he just... He just D.C.? Yeah. He just wouldn't go anywhere to do anything, um, as, as far I, as that I'm goes. I'm going to New Ian. York City I've, I've been, because I've been for business. I've been working on Ian for three years. What have you been working on? I've been working on Ian for three years. What do you mean? I've been molding you, Ian. You're, you're like my disciple. I've got you... <laughs> first, you were a... Uh, uh, you know, you want, when I first called you, I remember the first phone call, I told you that I'm an anarchist. And you said, well, at that time you weren't a free marketeer, which is what you call yourself now, which yes. is another term for anarchist. You were a constitutionalist. And you even asked me, well, wouldn't you settle for a constitutional government? Which still to this day I would settle for that, and that's why I fight for the Ron Paul campaign. But you have have come over to the anarchist, anarchist side. You're right, like Gene. Drawing. And it's all your fault. The dark side of the force. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate all the influence. I think all freedom right. and peace Thanks, is the light side of the force. It's the it's the direction that you go in. I mean, when you're in the liberty movement, as you keep learning more and keep under and, and learn more and understand more, it's inevitable that you'll go this this direction. It's where it seems that everyone's going the, the direction towards total liberty and the rejection of the authoritarian model of government. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. And get on board for three bucks a month. It'll come out of your PayPal account or any major credit card or some of alternative options are there for you. And that three bucks a month comes into us. We reinvest it in the show, getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country and also more Internet listeners, bringing them on board, too. Uh, announced a new radio station today, as a matter of fact. A I, big one. I admit I jumped the gun on this when I'd been sitting on the agreement for weeks. I had the agreement signed at the beginning of May, and I knew it was going to happen until the end of May. And the reason why I 
came out with it a little early was because I'm pretty confident they're going to get it right the first time. This station's pretty serious. It's a serious station. It's a huge station. Yeah. It's, and it, if they say they're going to get something on the air, uh, you know, one particular day, it's going to happen. It's 970 WFLA in Tampa Bay. Right. I would have is, considered myself uh, to be a, you know, a primary listener to that station at one point in my it life. It may be our there. biggest marketplace. That may be our, I Miami it. is our biggest. Yeah, but that but the station in Miami isn't actually in Miami. The station in Miami, the signal cuts into Miami, so we can call it Miami, but the transmitter itself is not actually in Miami. This transmitter is the real deal. It's in Tampa Bay. I mean, it's the, it covers the transmitter the entirety. is in Tampa. It is it, in the metro of uh, yeah. what what they call the radio metro. Right. So I think this is our first real big major mainstream kind of mark major market big affiliate. So big thanks. I'd say WFTL is a damn big affiliate. Oh, but. FTL's bigger. It's got more wattage than WFLA. There's no doubt about that. But as far as the market location, this one's it. It's a big milestone for Free Talk Live, and so we're pretty excited about it. Yeah. So they'll be joining us this Saturday, and your local talk station can, too. Go to localfact.freetalklive.com to learn how. That's localfaq.freetalklive.com. FLA is even more um, exciting, in, if you know sort of uh, the, the gentleman, Gabe Hobbs, that uh, got us on there. He's the Senior Vice President of News Talk Programming for Clear Channel. Okay, Clear Channel, the largest owner of radio stations in America by a long, long stretch. He's the Senior VP in charge of uh, news talk. So yeah, he's this the guy, man. we're on the map with him. Yeah. Free Talk Live, going places. So, and it's going places because of... Amplifiers. Absolutely. It totally is. Uh, because we've been able to reach out to radio stations via advertising and actually showing up in person at conventions, which will be going to another convention here in a, in a couple, uh, less than two weeks at this point. Uh, and it's, pe- it's people like Gabe Hobbs from Clear Channel that go to these conventions. Mm-hmm. We you know, met the big, him there. The big shakers, the movers, the shakers, the VIPs, they're there and they see us there and it helps solidify for them that we're the real deal, that we're serious about this business because there's a million shows they could pick from right and you know not all of them go to the conventions and gabe, so only so i'm many sure get, gabe get remembers seen. us from these you know i mean we we, we have take a lot of lot of steps to uh to market the the show and and yeah. that's just one of them and i'm sure that he remembers seeing us there oh those those two young guys give them a shot you know that kind yep. of thing Yep, so that's going to happen, and as a result of that, of course, I'm sure a lot of Clear Channel program directors around the country will see that, and they'll say, oh, well, free talk live, yeah, I'll give another look here, and they'll put us on, too. So, yep. all is working in the right direction, and it's all because of people exactly according like to the plan. <laughs> Sam in Texas, on the amp line, one of the other perks you get as an amplifier, Sam, it's thanks to people like you. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you know you guys put on such a fantastic show that uh, raises awareness to people that listen. Yo, what's on your mind tonight, sir? Uh, so you guys have private trash service in New Hampshire. How how does that work? Oh, it's great. You uh, open the phone book, contact a uh, trash service or get a recommendation from someone, contact a trash service, get some prices, call them up, and get signed up. They even have waste management here. Waste management competes in the marketplace just like anybody else oh, does. Oh, the, the monopolists that you normally find in right. other communities? These are the ones yeah. that uh, you know manages to get in, the big one, the one get in all these communities. Right. Mm, I, see, I have the city service, and I, I think it might actually be better. That sounds like a lot of work. Mine just brings <laughs> in with the... Uh, with the water bill, but now with the private service, do they just come like whatever day they want to? Or no, no, um, they they let you know what day they come in the same way that your city service does. Now, have you ever noticed in dealing with the uh, city service that perhaps 
um, you like you, you have to put different trash in different barrels, and you have to do this, and you ha- like you can't throw away paint ever. You have to wait till you know one one day every three months they come around for paint or computers because those are caustic. You know you know all those different rules that yeah, uh, you have I just to deal with. Set them out, and then sometimes they send me letters saying that uh, to take them back I put in. it out two days too early, and I should have to remove it all and then wait two days and then move it all back out so it'll mm. be within the two-week collection window before they come and pick it up. Yeah, a lot of times so, they'll just leave it sitting there, too, so you've got that ugly uh, you know, situation going mm-hmm. on the side of the, the street. But with the uh, the the free market uh, trash service we get, they just take our trash, and they don't tell us a bunch of rules. Yeah, they never sent me, when I signed up, they never sent me uh, an info sheet saying, you can put you this can put in, this in there, you can't put, put this that in there. No, in fact, I don't even use trash cans. I use bins. I use these, uh, like the Tupperware, not Tupperware, Tupperware's not the right word, rubber like Rubbermaid. The big rubber, Rubbermaid containers. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, it have the locking things on the side. It's, it's cool. easier. It keeps raccoons out. Yep. Today's my trash day, but it's kind of sitting out there full. Now, do they sometimes, like, leave it in the middle of the driveway? No. The trash can? Yeah. Well, if if you didn't like where they left it, you could talk to them about it, and if they failed to do it at that point, you could change. change services. That's true. Oh, I hit mine with my car after they left it in the driveway a couple times, and they don't really care. Oh, no, they, they always did less. that down in Florida. They would always just throw the crap right there in the middle of the driveway, so you'd have to stop your car and get out and actually move the cans before you could pull in. I remember that stuff. Do they leave them, like, laying over on their side sometimes? Because I've had that happen, too. Well, it's... No, my bins have always been right side up. Um, Yours would be hard to lay on their side. They don't. They don't. Yeah, it'd be hard to put them on the mine side. Mine are the big ones too, just like that. It'd be. Uh, you can't lay mine on their side unless you made a real effort for it. Uh, <laughs> and they they don't put they don't gently put the uh, the tops back on, but that's okay. I don't require that of them. You could, you could get that if you wanted to. I probably could pay could. extra. Probably pay extra. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never had. We have the the, uh, the Golden Glove trash service yeah. here. Have you ever heard no, me complain have... about my trash, Mark? I mean, I've never. Never. I've never had a complaint. We have the uh, city's trash bins, and one time I watched them pick it up, and then to dump it, he kind of squeezed the hydraulic arm and split the side of my trash can. I hate that well, crap. A couple months later, yeah, it smells really nice, too, with it open to the air like that. Uh, A couple months later, I get a little postcard on the top of the trash can that says, it appears your trash can has been damaged. Please contact the city to see about a replacement. Oh, boy. And I'm thinking, okay. Are they going to charge you? It won't cost you anything, but I'm thinking, all right, so the driver has seen that my trash can is damaged. So he puts a note on the (laughs) trash can for me to call the city to tell them to come and replace their trash can that they damaged. So he couldn't just make a note and take care of it. Yeah, give you a new darn trash can. Yeah, he's got to pass the buck to you, so and you can, can you pass the buck Can you imagine what them? the city paid for those trash cans? When the city buys trash cans, they don't buy the cheap ones. No. Nope. They buy the big, giant ones with the uh, the wheels and the bottom and the bearings right. and the wheels. And, exactly and, what I've got, yep. Right, I took their little postcard, raised the lid, filed it, and sent it right back to them. You filed it in <laughs> <laughs> So I guess you're looking forward to having private trash service, huh, Sam? You seem pretty excited about this. I they managed to replace it, but it'll be nice to have choice. <laughs> Very good, sir. Any other thoughts? That's it. Have Thanks, a good Sam. Night. Appreciate it, sir. 800-259-9231. It's great up here with the, the trash collection. You can take it to the dump yourself or hire all manner of different companies. There are even different dumps you can go to. I, I, yeah, I don't think that anyone would move to New Hampshire for the trash service, uh, all, it, it, as exciting as the trash it's service might nice be. It's a nice perk. But it, it really goes to show how the free market can handle all these silly things that the government gets itself involved in uh, on your local, at your local municipality. It's silly. It's well, because just, there are people that believe that they that the government has to do these things. I, I don't know why. Well, that's the way it's always been.
If if you li- if you were born in a place where the government took care of the, took care of the trash just as the government takes care of the roads and the police and the fire department, if you were born in a place where they take care of the trash and you've always lived in a place like that, then you will presume that should be the case everywhere. And it'll be a shock to the system when you find out otherwise. That's why critical thinking so important because those people are not critically thinking. Sorry to say, they're just not they're not approaching the subject. Well, why should they? I mean, it's like Sam said, it's it's easy. I mean, you don't have to think about contacting a trash company to bring them on board and have to compare prices. It's more expensive and it's inefficient. And oh, you course. don't get any choices. But There's they some don't good realize reasons. that. Is all you, but, well, yeah, the, you know, they do. When they have to deal with the trash people, um, you know, the, the local waste management people or whatever, they realize, I've got no choices here. All I can do is complain. Right. So there you go. I but mean, they don't believe they can have choices. They're stuck in this box, you know, the mm-hmm. box this government has put them in, and they, they can't even see the outside world. They can't even fathom of what could be the possibilities. It's like with the people with their it's, – it's the same thing. I mean, we're talking about trash, but the same statements apply to people that don't believe we would have police or roads or fire departments without government. They cannot see it. That's what I encountered the other day when I was on the radio, and you can download the archive at freekeen.com. When I was on the radio here in Keene talking with some of the, uh, you know, the, the politician, the former politicians here, and he, he can't see – one of them could not see how – private policing would work, how market-based protection would work. Well, that's okay. It's okay if you can't see it. That's because you're not going to be the entrepreneur who figures out how to do it. For the person who figures out how to do it and make a profit out of it, they'll become a you know a millionaire or something like that. And As we'll they should. All, and we'll all get good protection services on the cheap. It's Benny in here with you. And Nick. And Mark. See you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.